So welcome to Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the panel today is Liz. Hello. Hill. Hey. And Sabine. Hi. With episode notes done by Matt, Ketter, and myself. Did you argue? I think I've really done it this time. Scared him off for good. I'm sorry. I couldn't handle it, Tal, if he never came back. What would I do? So, episode 16, the screenplay was done by Carrie Rose. It was directed by Lawrence Wilson, and the episode synopsis will be read out by myself. Xandra is ready to take things to the next level with Lex, but when their date goes horribly awry, the other girls in the tribe for Lex should be punished. And now, with Xandra single, with an advance by Ryan, finally be welcome. So episode 16 uh, kicks off exactly where we left off the last time with Trudy discovering Bray and Celine kissing. Um, yeah, I mean, immediate thoughts. What did you think? <laughs> I think that was my instinct reaction. Are we talking about now or back then? Both. Now, okay. Back then, ew, look, they're kissing. Now I'm just like, okay, whatever. You were tiny back then. I was, that's, that's why I had to ask why and when. <laughs> Actually, this whole episode, though, I'm kind of like, ew, why are they talking about that? That's gross. <laughs> ew. I need a shower. I still hold my stance from the last episode when I said that I actually do feel it was an accident between Celine and Bray. I don't think they planned it. And I do believe they were being sincere when they both agreed they weren't trying to chase each other. But I, I also do understand Trudy's reaction. If somebody told you over and over again that they weren't interested in your partner or your partner told you they weren't interested in another person and this is how you caught them, yeah, you're going to feel personally betrayed. You're going to feel like they lied to you, that they were just playing you for a fool. You know, and you're not going to accept if they say it was an accident. You're like, oh, what? Did you trip and fall on his tongue? Like, that's not an accident. So, uh, and I'm not surprised at all that that Trudy slapped her. There's a lot of going on with Trudy and it had to come out. So, yeah. And I mean, I don't blame them for trying. Like, it definitely is a we're in this situation, emotion take over thing. Like you said, I don't think they planned it. Um, but I think everyone just kind of overreacted a little bit. No, I don't think Trudy overreacted. Celine specifically... Trudy always overreacts. Yeah, but Celine specifically told her she wasn't going to do anything about Bray. Well, she, she wasn't, but then it just it happened. Like, it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. His lips were there. Yeah. <laughs> well, but doesn't later in the episode, like, Ryan's talking, and he's like, oh, Xandra's single all of a sudden? I'm single. Huh. Hmm. Like, you know, you crush after someone and then you find out, oh, wait, they're not with that person I thought they were with. Hmm. Maybe the situation came up. Yeah, but Ryan never specifically told Lex that he would never go after Zandra. You got a point. Again, I, I, I don't think Trudy overreacted, especially given her emotional state, how I would personally feel if I saw something like that. Um, and she's had two people telling her this would never happen. You know, Bray has told her over and over again, I am not interested in Celine. Celine has straight up told her, I like Bray, but I'm not going to go after him. So I completely understand Trudy's reaction. I don't think she overreacted considering how she must be feeling in that moment. Oh, if she'd stabbed Celine, I'd be like, oh, that's an overreaction. But <laughs> she just slapped her, and I get that. Um, yeah. But I do, again, I still defend Celine and Bray because I remember being that way i remember how quickly your emotions and options can open up and change for you i would start the morning without a certain boy on my mind and by the evening he was my top priority it happens very quickly and so yeah i i don't think they betrayed anyone but i totally understand trudy feeling betrayed can i also just interject and say how funny it is that on the transcript of the episode it actually says Trudy slaps Celine like there's never like a parenthetical 
anywhere on these transcripts, but that gets a parenthetical. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's making me laugh. But Celine does take it well. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. She does manage to hold her dignity because she gets it. It's the act of a desperate woman, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, she exits the situation in a very dignified way. And I would have done the same. You know what I mean? Like, I get it, sweetie. You're losing him. I'm, I'm the winner right here. So I'm going to walk yeah, away. Yeah. There's nothing else to say. He kissed me and you're throwing a fit. I'm going to walk and away. The only thing you can do is slap me. But at the end of the day, you're exactly. slapping me because I won. And <laughs> this is going to hurt for like three minutes. And then guess what? Mm-hmm. Bray's going to kiss and make it all better. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I liked that. I was like, yeah. wow. You know, Celine exactly. on hysterics. She was like, I have the upper hand here. <laughs> I kind of like passive aggressive, snotty Celine. Like when she's talking to Amber and she's just kind of got that like, you know, Amber's like, well, you said it was only a quick snog. And she's like, I well, maybe I lied. Like, <laughs> oh, you snotty little. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 oh, I don't know. <laughs> I put me off Celine a bit, yeah. Um, oh no, I think it's great. But, um, yeah, before we jump on that, let's just um, go back to Trudy for a second, because um, what did you think about her desperate plea to Bray straight after, saying like, "What do you want me to be? Like, how can I make you love me?" Like, did you? Oh man, I broke my heart because yeah. we. Okay, think I. I don't know how it is for guys. I just know I can only speak to myself as my gender. When you're in your early teens as a female you really think that this is what you have to do to get a guy you have to be whatever he wants we're chasing yeah. we're chasing you lance and we don't know what the frick you want from us like <laughs> can i be prettier can i wear this color please just look at me and you guys are clueless because you're two years behind us maturity wise and <laughs> we're just like what do you want from me i spent so many years during 13 and 15 just thinking that what do you want from me what can i do what can i be just to get your attention and i was in my late teens before it hit me i don't have to do anything i actually have all the power (laughs) so i feel really bad for trudy because it's like oh wow that's a genuine fear like a feeling that she's having like what the frick do i have to be to make you love me (laughs) i'll do it i'll be it please 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 love me i think there's no better way to describe that (laughs) (laughs) all your self-worth is wrapped up in his approval you know what i mean and he's saying i don't feel that way about you he tells her i can't get on board with this fantasy you have of us and she's like but why what can i do what is so great about her what am i doing wrong we have the picture perfect fantasy there's already a kid built in come on man and yeah and and people keep telling her that if she especially people like amber telling her if she just looks after the baby more, if she just makes sure she's a part of the tribe. Yeah. And it has, and again, it has a lot to do with her upbringing. You know, if she was never taught as a child to, like, lose gracefully and just accept that there's things she can't have, then, yeah, she's still in that mindset of, I should be able to have this. Why can't I yeah. have this? I don't understand it. I don't know, but when I when I look back on my life or whatever, and people are like, if you want this, you should do this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, I'm the type of person that rubs me the wrong way. Um, especially if I don't think, like, the other person telling me that advice understands kind of what I'm going through. It's mm. so, like, here, Trudy is, you know, she's had all of these issues with postpartum depression. And, you know, she's like, well... I'm broken, damaged things. If he wants to sweep me up and fix me, whatever, like, do it. And they're like, well, maybe you should just be part of the tribe more. And she's like, no, I don't want to put in that work. Yeah, but she, and she eventually does. Eventually, but she's got to figure that but out for herself. She can't put that work in because she's trying to win Bray. She has to do it because it's yeah. a genuine want from inside for herself. Yeah, exactly. It, it is also proof, and it's a good example for kids watching this. That trying to turn yourself into something in order to win someone isn't yes. going to make you happy. Trudy isn't happy. You know what I mean? All this dance she's doing to get Bray isn't making her happy. She doesn't find happiness until she starts doing things for herself. Mm-hmm. 
you know, for her own personal well-being. Like, I'm not taking care of my child anymore because I'm hoping this guy will take notice and be with me. I'm taking care of my child because she's a part of me. You know what I mean? And she's all I have left in the world. And then Trudy finds contentment. And so, yeah, changing yourself to win over someone ain't going to make you happy, baby. <laughs> you know, because yeah. you're faking it. And you can only fake it for so long before the real you comes out and chases this person away again. You know what I mean? It's never going to work. Yeah, but it's not the way she sees it. She sees, oh, no, of course in, not. In her mind, she's doing everything she possibly could. And it's a hard lesson she has to learn, you know? She has to grow up just like everybody. And we all have had this lesson. We've all had to do it. Whether or not it was we were chasing popularity or love or friendship or whatever it was. If we were faking it, we learned eventually. This doesn't make me happy. You know? I got to chase what makes me happy. I got to do it for me, not someone else. It's just part of growing up. Mm -hmm. It was just one kiss. A quick snog. I don't know why she's making such a fuss about it. You kiss Bray? At Chloe's party. We didn't mean to. That's the most pathetic excuse I've ever heard. In the following scenes, um, we have Amber and Celine left holding the baby as obviously Trudy deals with the fallout of what happened. Uh, and in that scene, Amber quickly susses out that something has happened to break the Celine Bray Trudy stalemate. Um, yeah, what did you think of Amber's expression and reaction upon discovering that Celine and Bray kissed? <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna describe it like this all right you go out to dinner with your friends and we've all done this and you get like a group meal like a pizza or like a poo-poo platter or something like that there is a social contract when there's one thing left let's say you want it everybody knows the code word you use you want the last slice of pizza or the last chicken wing you say does anybody else want that Everybody knows what that means. It means that you want it. And the social contract is, oh, no, no, go ahead. I'm full. I'm stuffed. Go ahead. And then you have it. Okay. That's how it works. But there's always that one person in the group who breaks the social contract and goes, oh, yeah, I totally want it. And they snatch it from underneath you. And you're staring like, are you freaking kidding me? I did the polite thing. I'm supposed to get the last slice of pizza. And you just took it. And you're just shocked and you're angry because you did the polite thing. You did the right thing and they got the pizza. Okay? And you could have had it Whoops. if you hated it. Amber. <laughs> Amber. Sorry. Not, I'm, I'm that person. Amber has done the right thing. She hasn't chased Bray because it's <laughs> wrong to do. Oh, she wants him. She likes him. But she's like, no, it would be wrong. And so she's encouraging him to make things work with Trudy. And here comes Celine breaking the social contract. And you're not going to take that last slice of bright. I am. <laughs> Amber's face is like, are you freaking kidding me? That's the perfect energy of everything. Yeah. yeah. That was perfect. That was, yeah. How dare you? Her expression is just, what? Yeah. Her expression is awesome. Uh, like, and then I like how she's like trying to play it cool. And she's like, but we just, we're, we yeah. have a new tribe thing going on. And, and you're like, you just, you ruined it. Like, <laughs> you know, you could have crashed the group. <laughs> it's like, that's not like, what you're that. You're not that concerned, girl. girl. You, you are so reaching, my friend. Celine just steps forward and goes, I mean, no, it wasn't just one quick snog. <laughs> like, whoa. Like, Slam the dagger in hard, why don't you? Like, <laughs> but I love it. I love it. I love how snotty she is. Celine suddenly like, turns. She gets quite really. Yeah, it's. I'm not trying to like it. Yeah. Quite, uh, and she like grows. She grows a backbone, and I kind of like like mm. you know where Liz was like, oh, you know, we're being socially you know acceptable, and we're like, if you want that pizza, you can have it. She's like, no, you guys are fighting. Well, you two are fighting. I'm going to go make out with this dude. You guys, like, that's the me. I'm like, if you want to be polite, you asked. And now that you asked, yeah, actually, I do want that slice of pizza. You Come on. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. You fight it amongst yourselves. I'm going to go get what I want. I don't know. Yeah. There's also a there's also a personal competition to it. Now, I have a little bit of an ego, but you're... 
socially, you're meant to keep your ego under lock. You're not supposed to admit that you have an ego, but we all do, right? Mm-hmm. We all personally rank ourselves. Like, I know I'm an eight, you know what I mean? I can't say I'm an eight, but I, I know I'm an eight, right? <laughs> so I'm looking at Amber. Amber, you got to remember, her and Bray's relationship started with him making eyes at her. So she had that sense yeah. of, I know he's into me. But I'm gonna. Reg- I'm not gonna go after it. You know what I mean. And if he were available, he'd probably chase me, right? Because I'm the one he was making eyes at. So all of a sudden, for Bray to be chasing Celine, that's a stab wait. to your ego. Like, wait, 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 wait a second. Like, if you're gonna chase anybody, why aren't you chasing me? <laughs> Can we flip the table though? And maybe that look in the sewers wasn't a oh hey, but a oh hey, there's somebody in here. Like, wouldn't that just completely like crush that theory? I don't know, but looking back, you guys at already it, admitted that you believe that's what it was. So oh, I'm not going to let you I'm flip that because you, both of you, have supported said, "Oh yeah, they were totally making out." Yeah. They, they, they totally were. Totally but each what other. If was it? Um, now that I'm thinking, they were. just said that. Bray's bedroom oh, eyes no. are the same every time, <laughs> and they had I'm that moment. moment together. This is the wrong you know, talking. Together in Amber's place. Mm-hmm. So Amber has every reason to believe that if Bray is going to reject Trudy yeah. and chase any girl in the mall, she's number one on the list. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. And all of a sudden, it's Celine. I do like how she recovers very quickly and makes it about the tribe because she can't admit that she's personally upset about it. Like it's so funny though. I can't believe you took the last chicken wing. How dare you? Dude, the chicken wings are delicious, and you ask. Exactly. That's what Celine's like, dude. If you didn't want anyone else to have the chicken wing, you should have just said you wanted. You should have right? just taken it. You could. You can totally follow that social rule and say, "Hey, there's a last pe- slice of pizza. I kind of want it, but if anyone else wants it, I'll split it with you." Just saying. Oh God! Can you imagine Celine and Amber splitting bread? Threesomes are a thing. Just saying. I do like the way Celine reacts, though. I like how at first she doesn't, you know, she she wants to downplay it because she doesn't want anyone to know that she's the reason that Trudy is spiraling again because that's bad news bears for everybody. You know? mm-hmm. And so she doesn't want to accept responsibility for it. So she's like, yeah, you know, who knows with those two and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it's only when, you know, Amber tests her and she's just like, look, lady, okay, I'm, I got him. I got him. He wants me. I'm proud of that. Okay. I'm claiming it. I'm stepping up to the plate. What you got? What you got? <laughs> right. And Amber has got nothing. She's just like, I don't understand. Amber's <laughs> playing the right. long game though. She's like, I'm going to let these, these fools fight it out. And ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. And I'm going to come out on top. <laughs> that yeah. would be funny if that was Amber's like whole plan the whole time. Yeah. But, let, him, let him see the immature girl squat yeah. over him. Exactly. Because I think Amber might think that Bray wouldn't find that appealing in any way, shape, or form. I think with Amber, though, she, it just, the whole drama and the potential for her is why she stays out of these sort of things, which makes me wonder what she saw growing up yeah. with her parents, you know. Um, yeah. Because I was the same way when I was young. I, I was always determined to do the right thing. So I didn't, things didn't go bad for me. And I was obsessed oh. with that. And I had a lot of rules. Like I could write the playbook on how not to be called a slut. You know what I mean? Like that's how I saw things. There were certain things you did with boys, <laughs> certain rules you followed so that nobody could call you out and say anything bad about you. And you could still get your way. And, you know, and it's, I didn't take chances because I didn't want to screw up and I didn't want something bad to happen to me. And you can see Amber, she has a playbook and she avoids potential hurt. Stay away from it. She likes Bray, but she's not willing to take any chances on him because she doesn't want to hurt. She doesn't want to hurt Rogan, you know, and she's willing to play the sidelines. So I, I don't think she has a long-term plan to get him. Um, but that, that's the thing. Standing on the sidelines means you don't get to be in the game and you watch other people play it. And there is a sense of loss with that mm-hmm. wish you could do that she's looking at Celine like I wish I had the guts to chase this guy I wish I wasn't afraid of getting hurt I wish I wasn't worried about the disaster that it could unfold you know what I mean because she mm-hmm. can't she can't bring herself to do that and so there's an envy and an anger at Celine because Celine's like screw it I don't care about tomorrow I'm going after this pizza so. 
And Celine's last line, like, I thought you said it was just one quick snog. I lied. <laughs> I just, I love it. Yeah, Celine. That was, that was feisty. She and got her claws out and it's beautiful. And I, I like it. lied. I was like, that, that's, that's how you end a scene. <laughs> right. She just needs to flap her cape and walk out the room. She should have. I do really appreciate that part of Celine. It's a pity we get a mic drop right there. It's just, it's a pity we don't get to see it more often. Like, seeing her self assured. Mm -hmm. Even though I totally hate her in the scene. But (laughs) your inner cheese is like, stab her, stab her, stab her. Get out the plastic knives. No, because who was it? Okay. Who was it who eventually calls Celine like the meek and like minor Celine? And then it's it's like she can be this like precious little cinnamon roll, but the claws can come out. Yeah, they can. I like I like that about her. Like Well, I've already stated that when things are going good and Celine feels secure in her situation, you see very big, bold, brave Celine. Mm-hmm. And when things are falling apart, Celine is just like, please, somebody, anybody, because I, I can't make a decision. I'm too scared to mm-hmm. call any yeah. shots. So, like, when she first, we first meet her, she didn't know what to do with those kids. And she's looking, she immediately looks to Amber for direction. But now that she's feeling secure in the mall, she's like, oh, okay. I'm cool. I got it. I don't need any help from anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like the Spitfire Celine. Me too. And I I wish we saw more of it. Uh, Something else I wish we saw more of. Just before we we have the moment with Celine and Amber and... Well, Brady getting ditched on them. We have that lovely moment with Dal, Jack, Trudy, and the baby. Mm. And I just find it so adorable yeah. that Jack even... Jack is, like, he never pays attention to the baby, yet he's the one who nickname, nicknames her Sprocket. Sprocket. I was going to say, like, how cute is that? Like, It's just so adorable, and it he's... always instantly makes me think about Fraggles. But... <laughs> It's a good way to illustrate just how bad uh, Trudy's depression is getting (laughs) to the point where even Dal and Jack notice that the baby is screaming. There's nobody else around and they actually take it upon themselves to do something about it. Like, wow, like we've already established that most of the guys don't want anything to do with this at all. And this is how bad it's gotten with Trudy that she's just literally sitting in one place while her child screams that they feel like we have to do something. We can't leave the baby here with her. But I will say they're, they're instead of taking charge and like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to change this diaper. Their instant reaction is let's go find a female. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's go to the girls and be like, here's wipes and an extra diaper and a changing pad. Like you do this. I'm giving you the tools. Go forth. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that they just didn't want to put Brady through it. She's been through enough. Like, like Brady, we don't know what we're doing. So we're going to give you to someone who does. You don't need any more suffering, child. (laughs) Maybe. But I just think it's really funny that, like, they they have the sense to actually grab the stuff and pass it off to someone. Maybe you see Del asking Trudy first with a... Yeah. Because he doesn't want to have to do it himself. Yeah. Is it okay if we take your child since you're completely neglecting her and she's screaming? Yeah. Is it all right? That's the thing too. Can we can we do this? Like are you we're not we're not kidnapping it? her. We'll we'll bring her back. Just want you to know we're leaving the room with the child. <laughs> Is that okay? I mean, I I would have if Belle would have been the one to say, "Oh, we're going to just take her out of here." That would would have been one thing, but it's Jack who actually says, I think we'd better take Brady away, don't you, Del? Well, they're setting up the storyline of the the tribe as a whole, looking at Trudy as not fit to take care of this child, which will, you know, pay off later. Um, But they have to plant the seeds here, where Mm -hmm. it's like, they all are starting to suspect, maybe she should not have this kid. And they're not blaming her for it, but they're just like... We still have to think about the baby's well-being, and maybe it would be best if she wasn't with Trudy, you know, um, <laughs> which will make sense later on. But you have to build the seeds, and yeah, so having yeah. more than just Celine or Amber come in and find her like that, when you have Dal and Jack actually walk away from their project to see this and do mm-hmm. something about it, it's laying that groundwork of maybe Trudy really isn't fit. 
and she's not going to learn and she's just not capable of doing this. There's something very seriously wrong with her headspace right now. Again, I'm not blaming Trudy. I'm just, you know, yeah. at some point someone's got to step in, you know, because her headspace is in a place where she could do damage to Brady. Mm-hmm. I mean, you let a, 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 I don't, it's not this way for female babies, but male babies, you let them cry that long, that hard, they can give themselves a hernia. You know what I mean? Like they can do physical damage to themselves if you just leave them to scream. And with Trudy, just, I don't care. I, I can't. You have to start thinking, maybe she should not have this child. It's not because she's a bad person. It's because she's sick <laughs> and someone's got to protect mm-hmm. the baby. So I, I do think they're starting to lay that groundwork for that storyline as it comes up. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, let's switch the conversation a little bit and talk about our newest member of the tribe um tyson uh, uh, <laughs> sorry uh groan laugh i don't know <laughs> <sighs> i mean there's a few different questions here but let's first start off <laughs> with um the children's education and the differences between what amber believes they should be taught versus tyson's um yeah let's start with that first of all where where do you stand on that like what what takes precedence in learning Maths, survival, just no. day-to-day stuff. These kids have no use for knowing what the capital of Holland is. Oh. <laughs> um, I, this is probably the one thing that I do side with Tyson on, is that Earl, there's so much bickering right now with the kiddos that they, sh- like, they should focus a lot on like just being good humans right now. Like, all of that other learning things and survival will come later, but, you know, even with my own kids, like, that's, we're, we're going to lay the groundwork to be good, tiny humans. Mm-hmm. I think the point of those two in these scenes with them is to show their, the problem with both of their extremes. Both of them have very good points. We all know that Amber is good at what she does. She's practical. She stands to reason. She wants everything to run smoothly, and she's got great ideas when she does it. But Tyson's ideas have validity too, you know? The problem is that both Amber and Tyson can be too extremist in what they believe and don't, they have a very difficult time finding the middle ground. You know, Amber only wants anything involved if it's pragmatic and practical to the situation right now. And anything that does not, you know, uh, contribute to the practicality of the moment, she wants nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? No, Jack, you cannot share your your radio stuff with Chloe because it's not practical and it's not going to help us. So she takes her away. No, Tyson, we cannot focus on these dreams and these feelings and crap because it's not practical. And that's not a good idea to be that way. That is one of Amber's yeah. faults. But Tyson also has problems because she goes mm-hmm. to the extreme of these principles without taking any responsibility for what might happen. You know what I mean? She doesn't care about the results of what will happen when it comes to spouting her beliefs. Well, Amber is worried about results. But like, you know, Tyson, her problem is that she's like, oh, yeah, we should have the freedom to do what we want. And, you know, a lot of great belief systems. But at the same time, she takes zero responsibility for the damage those belief systems can cause. And that's what Amber's trying to prevent. So they're both these, the two sides of the same coin. You know what I mean? And they need to learn how to meet, meet in the middle. And they, that is why they, con- they conflict, you know, uh, because Amber sees that Tysan is also has influence and she doesn't like Tysan's influence. You know, it's like, you're chaos personified. I don't want that. I'm trying to create order. But you need a little bit of order and a little bit of chaos for things to work and for people to thrive. And uh, so it's a great conflict between the two of them. Did you also notice that um, everyone talks about the fact that the kids didn't know the uh, capital of Holland? Yeah, and yet nobody tells us what it is. Yeah. (laughs) They keep saying, they're like, they didn't know the capital of Austria. And, you know, and I'm like, well, what is it? You guys tell me. Like, as a kid, I didn't know that either. I was like, what is it? I don't know. I'm American. We don't learn this. We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What's the capital of Austria? They were just waiting for the Google generation to come up and they be able just, to... They just glossed Google over it. I'm like, I don't think you two e- know either. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's Vienna. 
Thank you, Sabine. I've been too lazy for 20 years to look it up. Oh, it is Vienna? <laughs> See, I didn't know I that I seriously either. have been too lazy for two decades no, to look it up. I was up. thinking about that today. I was like, are we going to get an answer to that? Or is it... I, I forget what I thought it was. And I was like, I, I should look that up. I feel complete now, you know? Life makes sense. Thank you so much, Sabine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, big moment coming up. Um, yes. So it's that scene that we have to talk about. Um, the attempted rape of Zandra. Oh boy. Um, Take a drink. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Take Hold a shot. On. So obviously this is another example of the tribe tackling major issues in a really sensitive way um, to its teen audience and calling it for what it was. Um, yeah. First of all, what do you think when you first watched that back then? I wanted to kill Lex. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I was just really impressed to see it portrayed so honestly, um, because again, very few adult shows were willing to tackle the subject. Mm -hmm. Yeah, domestic mm -hmm. rape, and this was a kid show. <laughs> I, was, I I couldn't I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I really I should have I should have expected it. They've already killed off a kid, you know what I mean? And there's a, they've already set they've already made it clear we aren't shrugging off these topics. So, but to see yeah. it, but to see it, to see these young actors have to play this out and bless their hearts for doing that. That is a difficult scene to have to play. For anyone. I, I was thinking of Caleb, you know, C Caleb and Amy, they're both minors having to play this scene and yeah. they're both so committed. It's, it's really upsetting to watch Zandra begging him to stop and, you know, Caleb is committed to you know, forcefully holding her down. Um, it's a terrifying scene. It really is. Uh, I give them both props to doing it. They sold it. Mm -hmm. It upset me. It made my stomach turn. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> it was one of those moments that make you question, who is the tribe for? Is this really for kids? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, it's brilliantly acted. And they, yeah, they handle it with sensitivity and respect. And they don't pull any punches. They don't pretend. They don't water it down. Um, and that was really bold. <laughs> Uh, all the credit in the world to the writers, whoever put that in there and said, yeah, we were going to film this. No, I, I do. I give them a lot of credit for doing that, but it, it's, it's hard to watch. And I think that's kind of the point is if you knew, like, yeah. if, because what happens is everyone eventually finds out about the attempted rape. And, you know, yeah. if you have a friend that came to you and said, hey, I there I am dating this guy, I'm dating this person. This is what happened. What do you do? Like or if you walk past that on the street and you see someone harassing a person, like it's one of those moments where the tribe kind of starts to put in your head what is right and what is wrong. And it's such a fear that oh, females yeah. are taught to have. Um <laughs> You know, I, again, I, I was a teenager in the 90s, and they were only just starting to talk about domestic rape. Because before that, rape was only something that happened with a stranger. It couldn't happen with someone you cared about or someone you trusted. That wasn't rape. That was something mm -hmm. entirely different. And it was only in the 90s I started actually saying, no, you can be raped by anybody. You know, mm -hmm. um, so it, you didn't really see it. Yeah. You didn't, you know, nobody was willing to put it out there. And Seeing Zandra, her only crime is that she chose to trust someone and be vulnerable with this person. And, um, and it's, I remember trying to understand what it was that men wanted when I was dating. I started dating early, very early. I was looking for the ones and there was like seven, you know, and trying to understand what it was. Us girls were basically taught how to navigate dating boys and that it was our job not to be hurt by them mm -hmm. they didn't have to take any responsibility we were the ones who had to be responsible for what happened to us yeah. and you know being too flirtatious or looking too pretty all of those could get you into trouble and i literally believed for many years that the only reason that didn't happen to me is because i was smart and that's rape culture mm -hmm. right there you know, the idea that anybody deserves this because they just made a wrong decision. And um, Zandra, that's her only crime. She trusted him. That's it. Uh, and I can we talk about the look on Lex's face when he realizes mm -hmm. what he's done? 
We've discussed the fact that clearly abuse and bullying has been normalized for Lex because of his mm -hmm. own home life. Yeah. When I see this, I'm like, how many times did this happen to his mom? How many times oh, did yeah. Lex hear his mother dealing with this? And I'm, ama I'm just amazed that they didn't pull any punches with the scene. It's so in your mm -hmm. face. You can't turn away. You can't deny what happened. Um, and they, I, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's so brilliantly done. Yeah. I think it's one of the biggest strengths of season one, actually. Yeah. That they were willing to put stuff like this in it. Mm -hmm. Just full in your face. No going around it. I think that's why I like the tribe, too, is because they don't shy away from any of it. Ryan's reaction when he finds Lex. You know, and he pulls him off Sandra and his anger, like, what the frick are you doing? What are you doing, Lex? You know, and Amy Morrison, her tears. Oh, my. It's a gut punch. Like her fear is genuine mm -hmm. and her terror. And at the same time, mm -hmm. she's still trying to protect this man. She's trying to protect her abuser. Stop it, Ryan. You're yeah. strangling him. You know, even while she's crying mm -hmm. and quite upset. It's such a raw really like reality like it just it it puts you off your food you know what i mean you're just like yeah. this is too real this is too real and uh, i mean they've only made allusions to the fact that this could happen to the girls living in their world and yet here we are like it's in our face and it was zandra started the day thinking she was just going to make a romantic dinner with the boy she's into and this is how it ends and i i do want to kind of i want to i want to shiv lex like, she did not do anything to invite this whatsoever. There's nothing Zondra did to make him think that this be welcomed. He doesn't try it on subtly. He goes straight to physical force. And that's really upsetting. Like, he immediately pins her down. And the things he says to her, you know you want it. And you're going to get it. Like, oh my god. Mm -hmm. I feel sick, you know. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's bad. Next, he jumped on me. What did you expect him to do? Suggest a game of Ludo? Cut it out, Celine. Can't you see she's still freaked? So awful. I was terrified. Not half as terrified as Lex will be when I get a hold of him. Yeah, let's, let's slide into the reactions to the other of the other characters because I think this is where I think Celine's backbone grated on me immediately because <sighs> I, I didn't like her reaction to what happened. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, what do you think about everyone's reactions to? Uh, most real, most realistic reactions yeah. to assault I've ever seen. Yeah, they hit every aspect of the spectrum of how people react to it. Whether it's Amber, who is, makes it clear nothing, tr nothing Zondra did was deserving of this. That she is not mm -hmm. to blame. That Lex, the only blame is on Lex. She makes it very clear he needs to be punished for it. And then you have Celine, who is victim blaming. And yeah. Anybody who's ever dealt with assault of this type and had to go to the police knows it's literally a coin toss of which one of these reactions yeah. you're going to get. You know what I mean? You might be believed immediately and they'll be like, we're going to do something about this. Or you might get a cop like Celine who's like, well, what were you wearing? What were you doing? What were you drinking? You know what I mean? And it's disgusting. But it also makes you, you know, it explains a lot about Celine and some of her attitudes about things. What she's been programmed to think Mm -hmm. um, because obviously Zandra is not the only person she slut shames, you know. Um, and this is things that this is things that young females are taught to do. She immediately judges Zandra for this happening to her because apparently Zandra wasn't smart enough to prevent it, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and it is disgusting. I'm with you, Lance. It's mm -hmm. like, but that's so, that's someone taught her yeah. that. Society taught her to think that. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, Zandra, what did you think? You're flirting around here. You're messing around with that kind of guy. That's going to happen to you, you know? It, it brings in question, like, what was Celine's home life? Like, what was she programmed and taught to think? We'll learn later that Celine doesn't have a father. He walked out when she was five and she just had a mother. And we'll also learn that her mother was verbally abusive. Yeah. So I can only imagine the messages Celine was getting growing up. And then you have Tyson's uh, reaction, which is a... <laughs> Very interesting. Mm. Yeah. It's very medieval. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Think about it. Whether or not you like it, you can't deny that there's historical pre- precedence for what Tysan says. It's the very mm-hmm. reason marriage was mm-hmm. invented. It yeah. was invented so that men who have a biological imperative to run around and have sex and spread their seed wouldn't do that and leave children everywhere. And women who are seen as, well, they can't hunt and gather if they're carrying and caring for children. So they need a man for it. Yep. Let's pair them off and solve this problem. And that's exactly what Tyson yeah. says. You know what I mean? She's like, look, you know, logic isn't going to, like, we can't care about the all the logistics about this. You know, this solves the problem. Doesn't matter if it's right. You know, <laughs> like, wow. Um, there's a, there's something genius to it, but at the same time, Tyson still doesn't take any responsibility for the fallout of suggesting this to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, did you all love Amber's re- reaction, though? Like, she was getting weird again. What I need is a cup of tea. And just walking out on it. Amber, you need something stronger than tea to deal with that one. Let me tell you. There's a weird wisdom to what Tyson's saying. Mm-hmm. You know? Um... I mean, she's not wrong in the sense that the biggest obstacle between, you know, Zandra and Lex is that he wants to get laid and she wants commitment and marriage solves both of those problems, you know, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, she doesn't take responsibility for the sense that they're 15 and 16 years old (laughs) and they're nowhere near capable of being married. But she's, as she tells Amber, the only thing that matters is right now in this moment, in this room, in this day, you can't, you know what I mean? So she doesn't take any responsibility for the fallout for the advice she gives. Even if the advice she gives has some nugget of wisdom in it, if it goes pear-shaped, she's like, eh, well, you chose to listen to me. That's on you. <laughs> and yet at the same time, I feel like it's the only thing anyone could have said, given, you know, Zandra's, uh, the way she feels about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like she's not willing to give up on Lex. She don't. She won't see him punished. She immediately defends him by, you know, placing the blame mm-hmm. on herself, even though she knows she's not to blame. Because she later, when she confronts Lex, she makes it clear: you were in the wrong. You should have shown restraint and you should have shown respect because I didn't do anything wrong and you shouldn't have done that to me. But when she's with the girl trying to protect him and says, "Well, maybe I let him on. Maybe it was my fault or whatever." So, what do you say to someone like that, other than what Tyson suggests? What would you do? Mm. Yeah, fair enough. This is what happens when philosophy, like, rubs shoulders with logic. Mm-hmm. Well, she does have a point. I mean, for Zandra's point of view, it would solve everything. And as she keeps reiterating, it's what Zandra wants. Mm-hmm. You can't keep trying to fight what Zandra wants, which is what Amber wants to do. She wants to ignore mm-hmm. this is what Zandra wants and fix it. And Tysan is saying, look, Zandra wants Lex. I'm just helping her get him in a way that works for the both of them. Mm-hmm. Amber's like, but this, ah! <laughs> it's like, I feel your pain, Amber, but Tyson has a point. <laughs> You're not going to be able to convince Sandra to stay away from Lex. You're not going to be able to tell her she's not in love or this is wrong. She's chasing him. And sometimes it happens when you're a parent and you're dealing with your kids or someone you love. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to accept this is going to happen. And I can either make it easy or I can make it hard. So, if you love this person, you try to make it easy. I'd take much better care of you than he ever did. Please, Xandra, give me a chance. You mean us. Go out. Together. I could make you happy. I know I could. You're so sweet. I don't want to be sweet. I want to be like Lex, so you'll fancy me. No, you don't. You're a far better man than Lex. Only... You don't fancy me. I've always gone for the bombs. It's in my nature. If only I could fall for a good guy like you. So you're saying no? I'm saying, find a girl that deserves you. And I'm really sorry it's not me. Um, yeah, sticking with Zandra, um, what do you think about how she handled um, Ryan's declaration of his love for her? She was so nice. That's probably the most mature conversation I've ever seen about a relationship with kids of yeah. this age. Yeah. I mean, Zandra's fully willing to flirt with uh, Ryan and play with him and tease his emotions a little bit. But when it 
When he straight up asks her, will you be with me? She lets him down, honest and truthfully and very straightforward. She doesn't dangle any strings in front of him. She doesn't play any games. And it made me, actually watching it made me think of Hill because I was like, how many times has Hill said, if these people would just say yeah, right. what's going on, it would have been a huge Like, I, I don't know. I, like, I like the conversation and I do think it is like a really mature way of handling it. But the part that cracks me up is just where Zandra's like, you know, it's my nature. I find I fall for bums, and that's all I've done. Like, and she's like, if only I could, mm-hmm. you know, like a guy like you, Ryan. Well, he's bearing his heart to you, and like, okay, so you go out for a little bit. Like, that's the whole point of dating is you try different people on for size, and you see what fits. And this is not into him. She's just not into him. You can't force a reciprocation of feelings and Zandra's not playing games with that. Like, okay, you look at Bray and how he is dealing with Trudy. Instead of being very straightforward with Trudy, I don't like you, Trudy. I'm not attracted to you. I don't want to be your boyfriend. He tries to dabble. He tries to walk the line of not hurting her feelings. And look at all the trouble that causes because Trudy is constantly confused about how he feels about her. Zandra doesn't do that to Ryan. She makes it very clear. Ryan, you are amazing. I'm simply not into you. You know what I mean? You don't do it for me. And I'm sorry. And you deserve a woman who likes you for who you are and isn't going to try and turn you into that point. She was kind of playing with him for a little bit. She flirts with him. It's not the same as wanting to be his girlfriend. And as I said, she's willing to flirt and play. But as soon as it comes down to the question, she was straight with him. Yeah. As soon as she realized that his feelings are on the line here, she treats him like a real friend. You deserve to know the truth. We aren't going to be a thing. Okay. She could have used him in lots of ways, but you know, she makes it very clear. I think you're great. And you deserve someone who appreciates you for you. It's just not me. And I'm sorry it's not me. You know, and that was beautiful because there's a lot of different ways that could have gone. Zandra's a beautiful girl. She could have played Ryan for a fool. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't do that. She makes it clear to him at that moment that anything we share isn't going to be what you want it to be. We'll flirt and you'll always, but you'll always just be my friend. Okay. (laughs) It's not that it's not going to happen. And that's important because we see what happens when people aren't straightforward with each other. And the chaos it causes and the confusion and the heartbreak that was not necessary, which makes Zandra like the MVP mm-hmm. <laughs> of all these characters. The most mature of all of them in so many ways. It just took me years yeah. to see that. I think the character did surprise a lot of people looking back at it. Actually, the way she handles situations, a lot more mature than a lot of the other characters. And she gets so played off as like the ditzy airhead and she really isn't. Yeah. Nothing ditzy about that girl. Uh, yes, um, sticking with Lex, um, how do you think about the aftermath and um, his reaction to everything? Yeah, and his views on the like how valid this marriage was going to be. Uh, did you do you think he truly was feeling remorse? Hard to say. I for me personally, <clears throat> I guess I don't know. To me, it always seemed yeah he felt bad because he wasn't going to get his way now. But I think. Going back, like, how I always read the scene was you, you, we've seen the abuse and we've seen, like, kind of how that has damaged him. And if he had seen sort of that sort of thing with his parents, you know, yeah, I, I know what this looks like from someone else looking in. And I know that that's not right. And so I think he does, but he instantly defends himself by saying, Ah, sorry, but a man can only take so much. Yeah, but that's also, you know, that's jock culture, too. And that happens a lot with people. Hey, I'm a dude. I, you're, you were flirting with me. You were looking at me this way. And that's, that's the rape culture. Like, I can't control myself because you were dressed like that. And now that you're, you know, now you're crying rape, even though you, you know, were flirting with me. So... I, it's kind of where it gets gray. Well, not really gray, but I feel like there's a little bit of remorse there just because he's seen the other side of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you, you know, know, I don't know. It just, he instantly plays it off, plays it off as like, 
I'm a man, it's not that easy. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? And he's just, he's putting the blame elsewhere. He's putting the blame on her. Yeah, I'm with, Sol- I'm, I'm with Sabine. Uh, whatever remorse he feels is not deep enough. And it doesn't, it's not comport- proportionate to what he did. Like, he does not understand what he's actually done. His remorse is kind of like, oh, I messed up. I forgot her birthday. And it's like, no, dude. You try to physically assault her. It is not the same damn thing. You know, um, I don't think he understands just how bad what he did is. And he thinks it's another one of his wrong deeds that should be brushed under the rug. You know, and again, because this is normalized to him. And he does not understand that what he did is completely indefensible. And And nobody to blame but himself. I agree with you on that. But I think because it is something that he grew up with as normalized, he doesn't see it as such a big deal. So he's like, oh, yeah, I've seen the other side of this. I know what I did was wrong. But at that moment, I didn't. And he does very little to make up for it at all. You know what I mean? He doesn't try to really make this right. And he doesn't learn from this, which is really upsetting. It's not like he walks away from this going, oh, you should never do that to somebody. You know what I mean? (laughs) He didn't learn anything from this. And again, that's another point that the show is making. Because Lex is not punished for his actions, he's going to do this again. He's going to try this again. Because nobody did anything to say, yo, it needs to stop. Which, wow, kudos to the show. Um, You let a predator go, and he's going to prey on someone else. And he does. You know, um, that is fantastic. It's not until he actually pays a price or being a predator, that Lex learns, oh, maybe I shouldn't try to wait, wait, you know, rape anybody. <laughs> it's a bad idea. Uh, because, you know, that's what it takes. Um, so, yeah, he doesn't pay a price. And so he just kind of walks around pouting. Which is, that's the game him and Zandra play. He does something wrong. He pretends to be sorry. She forgives him. And that's how he sees it. Yeah, and the only person who actually says something about it is Ryan. And he never... Mm-hmm really takes Ryan seriously anyway. Ryan is the only one who literally confronts Lex on his yeah. actions. Because mm-hmm. the other girls were talked out of it by, you know, Zandra. Don't no don't say anything to him. You know, and Ryan is just like, what is wrong with you? And which is really cool. It's a really clever way the writers use different characters to editorialize the moral to their audience. So Amber is an obvious one. If you want the audience to understand that something is good or bad, they will often use Amber. Mm-hmm. So whatever Amber thinks, the audience is like, oh, well, Amber always does the right thing for the most part. So she says that rape is bad. It's bad. <laughs> so, you know, your young audience gets that. And her reaction to this is very clear. It's wrong. It's bad. He's, you know, you're not to blame Zandra. But then you pull in Ryan. You have one of the guys come in and say that this is wrong and you shouldn't do this to anybody. Right after the writers have been doing a very good job of showing you the distinct differences between Lex and Ryan and their mm-hmm. personalities. And that has even more impact on the audience. When a guy steps in and says, that is wrong. Okay, you don't get to use the guy point of view. Oh, you were helpless because you're a man. Because here is a man telling you, you don't do it. It's wrong. You know, so it's it's very clever writing for an audience, kids who are watching and get to say, oh, so a guy says this is wrong too. Okay. <laughs> it's totally wrong. It shouldn't happen. You know, what, what bugged me is that the moment Ryan again says you were way out of order, you sh- shouldn't treat women like that. Lex just goes in, eh, she just asked me to marry her. Yeah, he's learned nothing. He's just like, oh, I was rewarded, basically. She yeah. wants to be with me forever. Because look at the smirk on his face. Like, he expected to be fully punished by Zandra. He even says, so I guess that's it between us. Like, he's like, I screwed up. She'll never be my girlfriend. And she goes, I want us to get married. He's been rewarded for his actions. And you can see the little smirk on his face. Like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. He hasn't learned a damn thing. Instead, he got a reward. The girl's dying to be with him forever now. And... Poor Ryan is like, what? <laughs> she could not have been serious. Lex <laughs> is like, dead serious. She totally wants to be with me. You know, and he's preening about it. You know, it makes him feel good that even though he totally screwed up and did something horrible, 
that she still wants to be with him. He has not learned anything from this experience. And it's, it's sad. It's actually really sad. It's all covered in flowers and glitter and ha, we're planning a wedding. But it's a really depressing storyline when you think about it. Because mm-hmm. how many victims protect their abusers just so they can abuse again? Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. The police can't do anything about it. They come to the house. They get a call. And the abused is sitting there with bruises and blood. And they're like, no, it wasn't his fault or it wasn't her fault. Everything's fine. The police can't do anything. I fell down the stairs. It's okay, you know. And the abuser just gets to walk away and do it again to somebody else. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what happens with Lex. He gets to walk away and he's going to try to do this to somebody else. And um, so, yeah, underlying, it's really dark and depressing, <laughs> the storyline. <laughs> and I can't believe they put it in a kid's show. I can't believe Channel 5 allowed them to. Yes, it still shocks me. To, to, uh, <laughs> when I first you, watched it, yeah. You guys noticed how they had to cover it. They, there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff happening in this episode to disguise this dark yeah. storyline. Yeah. It distracts you from really thinking about it. You know? Zondra's forgiveness, the wedding. There's all kinds of stuff happening. Yeah, so, true. But in, especially back then, yeah. it was not something that would normally have been allowed on children's television. Absolutely not. Even today, you wouldn't find something like this. The tribe was no BS. I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. If yeah. you, like, when I think about the shows that were aimed at my my demographic as a teenager in the nineties, they all starred people in their twenties pretending to be teenagers, mm-hmm. and they were very over dramatic, over dramatized, and often put these kids in ri- ridiculous storylines that they wouldn't naturally be in, and everything was just heightened to unreality. You know, and it made you think, that's what being a teenager is going to be like. No, no, sweetie, it's not going to be like that. When I saw The Tribe in my early 20s, it was the first show I ever saw that actually starred kids dealing with what kids deal with in a realistic yeah. way. With no frills, no over-dramatization. I, I was blown away. I'd like, I felt like I'd waited for the show my entire life. And it only finally got created once I was past 20. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, this... They really were thinking outside the box when they created this. You know, it's a show that stars children. It's for children. But it's not what we've been programmed to think is for children. You know? Mm-hmm. But this is exactly what being a kid is like. This is the stuff we deal with. I, I remember doing things I had no business doing that no, one no adult want, would want to believe the kids were doing. But we were. <laughs> yeah. We were. You know? Um, Nobody wants to believe that that's what's happening. But yeah, I can attest that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And the tribe said, yes, this is what's going on with your kids. Let's talk about it. Let's talk to them about it. I mean, I was a teenager when it came out. I was 15. And to me, it was like they were actually telling stories about stuff that could happen to people around me, you know? Yeah. I mean, we had the pregnancies. At school, we had the kids with eating disorders. It just, it, it all tied in into what I was experiencing in real life. And it was one of the very, one of the only shows to do that. And it wasn't relegated to a very special episode. Oh, <laughs> Like, life is wonderful and peachy, except for this one episode where it gets real. Every mm-hmm. episode of The Tribe is a very special episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's me who definitely was drawn to the cool outfits and stuff and then wound up in this very dark world yeah but you were i know this one's throwing that out there like and it probably had impact on oh, you yeah. that you didn't realize definitely you know what i mean you like you were just blown away that someone was talking to you and, and that was down to you like you know i you guys say you, i grew up with the show and you guys grew up with the show but you guys were older and i was very much like the chloe mm-hmm. like the Chloe character I guess and it was it's different like no it is and and so like it even now I've never gotten to talk about the show with people like in a real-time situation and I see things differently and just talking with you guys like I realized that my understanding of what I thought was going on necessarily wasn't what was going on but because I'd always watched it in 
this view of what I thought was. Mm-hmm. With my little baby brain. But I'm, I'm sure it still had a major impact on you without you yeah. even realizing. You know, even if, it, if for nothing else, it showed you what you could expect, what could happen to you. It made you think of things that otherwise yeah. you wouldn't have. You know, and it you know definitely I mean? influenced, like, the way I talk to people and the way I deal with, like, children even. Only a knock on the head with a large hammer would change. the best line of the episode. That is the best it is line, the best line of, the of the episode. All you could think was Lance. <laughs> right. You nailed it. Such a good one. <laughs> Because I was like, I wanted to mention it. I, know. I gotta remember to mention it. And then I saw it in the notes. I'm like, oh, Lance. Lance is on it. <laughs> you're, you're a champ. He's on it. <laughs> and I'm going to say the MVP of the episode is Bob with all of his growls. Like, his disapproving growls of everything. <laughs> oh, gosh. Hell. You just read my mind. I was watching that episode. And all I kept thinking is, is are we ever going to yeah, mention no, Bob's reactions? They're so to do great. It. Like, he reacts exactly how you he's think like, when the character does something. Grown. Like, okay, you know, like, Lex comes in and he, he mentions, like, oh, yeah, I totally love Zondra. Uh, and Bob goes, yeah. Ooh. you know, just, he's looking at the audience going, you know that's Bob not true, is, man, right? Bob is the Jim Halpert of the tribe where, like, Michael Scott says exactly. something. He's constantly breaking the fourth and wall and, and you don't believe you, it. You know, and it's so hard to miss because it's the dog. But he's there, just like he always does that. Bob does it constantly. It's I was my just favorite thing. That steps, I was like, "Are we ever going to mention this about favorite. Bob that he's always breaking the wall, fourth wall and looking at the audience and saying, are you, are, you, are you looking at this? Are you paying Bob, attention to this? Do you, can you believe these people? <laughs> if if dogs had eyebrows, Bob so would his one all like if you. Like, he would just raise it and look at the audience. He like, does did you see get that? that? Though, did you or I'm imagining it, but there are definite, like, looks that Bob does. I've seen you with Zoot, and I want to know where he is. You will answer me, because if you don't, I'll let the boys have their fun. The final scene of the episode, we have Bray, who obviously left the mall earlier, <laughs> well, fled, <laughs> in trying to escape the situation. Fled. <laughs> He ends up captured by Ebony and the Locos, um, and they proceed to torture him with a cattle prod. Um, yeah, what were your thoughts about uh, the torture itself? Uh, were you worried about Bray? I'm so proud that we finally see like a weapon. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Sorry. Like, I did not fear for his life in any way, shape, or form. He's too. He's like the golden poster child of the show. We knew he was going to get out of the situation, but I like. I was so proud. I was so proud to see someone get tortured and prodded with something. Like ta- I thought it was a taser at first, not going to lie. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. a taser too. I thought that's they were like, what, yeah. that's what I thought. That would make sense because, yeah, they Cause raided the police. I was like, police. hey, mm. you finally see a taser. Yay. I was like, that makes perfect sense that that's a weaponry yeah. they would pick up. That's awesome. And I think it's cool. But I'll tell you what I was thinking. I thought this was interesting. It says a lot about Zoot. Even though he's gone now, he's already dead and rotting, and probably still floating yeah. at sea. Whatever. Um, what I thought was interesting was up until then, Bray didn't have to really fear the Locos. He didn't really have to be afraid of them because yeah. Zoot was making sure that they never touched his brother. True that. You know what I mean? And it actually put, wow, it, yeah. it puts into context the, the thing he says to Trudy after Zoot's death when he tells her. They've made Ebony the new yeah. leader and how scared they are. Because when Zoot was in charge, neither of them really had to fear him doing anything to them. Zoot Martin would never have let his tribe do anything to his brother or Trudy. Yeah. Ever. He met his brother in secret on purpose. You know what I mean? And it's convenient that Bray has been running around for months and has never been caught by the Locos. Because Zoot made sure it didn't happen. He made it clear. My brother is off limits. We don't touch him. Ebony says, I know the two of you have been meeting. Okay, so it's not that much of a secret if any of the locos wanted to know what Zoot was doing. It was clear, though, that Bray was off limits. Bray was never afraid to go meet his brother. But the first time he encounters the locos after Zoot's death, he is captured and he is tortured. And I think that's really yeah. interesting. So it gives us just a little more insight into who Zoot was. 
he, for all his anger and all his resentment, he would not let anything bad happen to his brother. He kept him safe. So I, I did think that was very interesting that the first time Bray ends up in yeah. trouble with the Locos is only after his brother is gone. That's you know true. what I mean? There's nothing to stop them now. You know, and uh, I won't mention it now because it comes up in the next episode, but um, I loved seeing them torture him. It was great. It made sense to me. I'm like, yes, this is, they raided, they've obviously raided the police station. They should have grabbed some weaponry, you know. Bravo to Bray. He's taking it like a champ. I can't feel good. But he's like, ugh, I'm so strong and manly. <laughs> but like, with the torture, like, you know, the tribe has some really dark storylines, but it's always, like, personal drama. And so it was kind of nice to finally yes. see someone, like, getting the, I don't know if I can say the word I'm thinking of, but getting it knocked out of them. Like, they, you know, he, he was being tortured. Like, that's not a fun thing. And he's been able to get close to Locos without that ever happening to yeah. him before because his brother made sure it didn't. And I wonder if Bray realized how much his little brother was protecting him or if he once again just took it for granted because things just happen for Bray, you know. And I, I wonder, he had no, he didn't seem to be bothered by going near Loco no. territory and he seemed kind of surprised that they chased him. And it's like, yeah, your brother was keeping them off yeah. your back. <laughs> he was making sure they didn't bother you. I was not worried no. for Bray too much um, because, again, just like Hill mentioned, he's clearly been presented as a main character. So I was like, I think he's okay. I think the mole rats for at the moment are okay. I don't think anything, anything bad can happen to them. So I wasn't really concerned about him, but I was like, ooh, like they just changed up the game because this is the first time we're like we're really where the outside drives are becoming a part yeah. of the main story because before they were just background noise you know, people to run away from. And now it's just like, our, one of our main characters is with one of these major tribes. What's going to happen? <laughs> back back when I wa originally watched it, I mean, we've had the main bad yeah, guy die. I, I, originally, I didn't know what was going to happen to these Ebony. characters. We've only had 15 episodes, but and yeah, yeah, we lost such a, like, integral character. So yeah, I, I was... True. I, I guess I, I just, thought, well. because everyone's all like, Brandy, I just didn't, think that would happen i think i was just excited i was excited that one of the outside tribes was finally going to take precedent because they've been painted as a threat mm -hmm. for so long you know what i mean and it's like yeah. finally oh man we can't avoid the threat because they literally captured right? one of the heroes so like we have to actually deal with this what's going to happen so i think i was just really excited at this point to see ebony and realize like they've just been sitting on the periphery reminding you time and time again mm -hmm. they exist they're there or a potential threat and finally it's like oh, okay <laughs> Bray got caught what's gonna True happen with these guys what are they gonna True do that. and we finally have a so weapon I, I think I felt more so I guess yeah, yeah I guess oh, what is she gonna do you guys have been building her up yeah. for a while I guess the stakes were there I just didn't think that they would go through with it I didn't think they were gonna hurt like him I didn't think Bray no. was gonna die I just felt like oh this yeah. is gonna get exciting because we're finally like paying off all of this I also think that they kind of like if they would have killed off Bray getting spoiler alert whatever like it's almost like beating a dead horse like we've already kind of killed off our big bad guy you know yeah and then killing his brother like, within yeah. a couple of episodes it would exactly. accomplish nothing so, but that's all looking back as an you know an adult and having seen this 17 bajillion times that brings episode 16 to a close um thank you to the panel um uh, and we'll see you next time for episode 17 um so yeah so until then bye 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 bye